What's up, everyone? It's the Episode Ninja Podcast, where the guys and I do a deep dive into our favorite TV shows. We chat about legendary episodes, iconic characters, and hilariously classic quotes. It's like the late-night combo you have with your friends after too much beer and not enough tacos. So grab a cold one and get ready. It's the Episode Ninja Podcast. King of the Castle, are we having some sort of contest? <laughs> Which is a great segue into our episode today about Seinfeld and the actual number one rated episode on Episode Ninja, The Contest. Um, Chris, you're a big Seinfeld fan. You watched it in its heyday. Why don't you kind of give the outline? Well, I don't need to necessarily explain Seinfeld because it's a timeless classic uh, show about nothing. Started in 1989, ended in uh, 98, so went on for a whole nine years and 173 episodes. Created by Jerry Seinfeld and the one and only Bernie Sanders. I mean, sorry, uh, Larry David. Just got a little confused there. Um, Are you currently watching Larry Sanders show or something? I just no, no. I oh, said I just said Bernie Larry Sanders. Sanders. Larry, Larry, Larry David played gotcha, Bernie Sanders in SNL. No. Okay, um, but uh, this is this is one of my favorite shows of all time, if not like my top one or two definitely my top favorite comedy maybe tied up there with curb your enthusiasm but this is just one of those shows that is i don't know i feel like it's almost in its own category right because it's not a show about um you know it's not a show about it's not a cop show it's not a show about you know some nerds and a hot chick right it's a show about I don't know, some friends and random shit happened. But it's there's like so much stuff going on. There's so much content. There's so much characters. Like it's so well written. It's really just kind of like in its own category. And I mean, I just feel like it's one of these shows not only has it, you know, kind of stood the test of time because it came out in 89 and it's still going strong, not only in syndication, but in terms of like bringing on new fans, right? Like, I know there's fans that are probably like 10, 15 years younger that are just getting into it and are like, damn, this is a goddamn funny show. Now, is it going to be that funny in another 10, 20 years? I don't know. But like, this is a real timeless show. Well, considering I live in Chicago and I walk around and see buses with Jerry Seinfeld's face on it still promoting a TV show that stopped airing 20 years ago, I think it's I think it's pretty safe to say it'll hold up. It'll be there for the long run. Yeah, I was going to ask you that if you got since, well, I guess for context, I'm, I am loving this show now. I watched it in the 90s reruns and stuff, but I haven't watched it much as an adult up until recently. So I was going to ask you guys if you felt that it has aged well, because I think I agree it has aged very well. Like other than the clothes that they wear, it, all the jokes still hit and, you know, they weren't relying too much on references from that time and things like that i think a big part of that is that they use like real life situations too that a lot of people can find themselves in you know no matter what no matter what happens i think that's a big part of its overall success and i think yeah i think 20 years from now i i I would venture to guess we're still gonna be seeing his face on buses or whatever is going around because i mean what did it was it netflix they just bought it for a billion dollars like that's insane. I I also read that Jerry, pretty much all the main cast got a hundred million, or Jerry and Larry each got a hundred million each, just just for selling the rights to their show to a streaming service. Like that's insane. And we know Netflix will be around in twenty years, so 
I heard that the syndication deal on this, I think, was probably before the um, Netflix deal. Maybe it, maybe it was with the Netflix deal, but it was worth like $1.7 billion um, in syndication money. Like, that's just that's just insane. And I know that like Jerry Seinfeld probably has the biggest syndication deal ever and no one's ever going to compete with him because at that point he um he was able to write into the contract well i'm a creator i'm a writer and i'm a star so therefore i get way more money and he just gets fucking shit tons of money i mean i'm i'm pretty sure he's a billionaire i don't think larry's a billionaire but pretty sure that jerry's a billionaire at this point which is insane that someone who uh, sorry you're star. about 50 million off he's worth 950 million <laughs> oh i mean at that my fault at that point you're basically this, a billionaire you just round up updated yeah. after <laughs> yeah is <laughs> getting the trace you know what i mean what is it the what is the, the, tra- the three three com- trace yeah, commas trace commas. <laughs> yeah three comma club three comma club um, I mean, that's insane. Not only is the sitcom that's star all he worth did. a billion. <laughs> this is right. Well, this B-movie. is all he's done. Right. This is this is all he's done. OK. Comedians and cars getting coffee, which is which is literally just an excuse for him to get out of the house. Drive cool cars, drive cool cars and hang out with his friends. Because he's because bo- he's bored. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't need the money, obviously. And he sold that for hundreds of millions to netflix <laughs> from a show on crackle that's where it started crackle that's where i remember watching it at first it, it, it is crazy it's just a, it's a wild story because it really it the timing of it all is really what made seinfeld great too because the first three seasons were not well watched it sort of was like arrested development before arrested development where it had a it had a core audience that was like really really loyal to it but not much beyond that and then i was just watching some extras um and I guess like their big break was season four in general when they did the story arc of Jerry getting the TV show. Um, the show was on Wednesday nights. And then in the middle of that season, NBC had the Super Bowl. And I guess Cheers was winding down. And Seinfeld got to go after Cheers after the Super Bowl. And the first episode of that was The Shoes. Um so that was like the first episode that really had a huge audience because of the Cheers lead-in. And then by the end of the season, they were getting more viewership than Cheers, which is like unheard of because Cheers is technically the lead-in. And all they really want to do at that point is just hold readers or hold viewers and not lose them. And they were able to out outdo Cheers, which is crazy. So I know, Dan, you're the youngest of the group. Did you watch in the 90s or are you a more recent fan? No. No, it was in college for me. It was it was when I had finally had time in like the middle of the afternoon to not do anything um at the the at at school and I started watching it on like WP, you know, WGN or whatever it was on, uh WUPN I think. Anyways, um started watching it there and I actually started to get it. Like that was the thing is whenever I watched I just never got it. Like it just never clicked with me and it, it took me being older and then once I got into it from there, I I actually had bought all the DVDs. I have those just sitting in a in a thing getting dusty. Um, but bought the DVDs and watched all of it. And really, for me, it was the third season and beyond. I think the first two seasons are really rough. But um, I also thought that you had to be like either a Friends or a Seinfeld fan. Like I, I thought you kind of had to choose which one. And I was I was a Friends fan. I grew up on Friends, so 
it just never really crossed my radar until I got a little bit older. I made my choice. Seinfeld. So for me, um, I didn't start watching the show originally because I was obviously still a kid. But I did did watch later seasons in high school. And I think I just come back and I start remembering, you know, this was before DVR. Um, and I remember being like, oh, shit, it's Thursday. We got to fucking go home and fucking watch Seinfeld because otherwise, you know, you have to try to catch it up in, you know, a rerun, rerun or whatever. And then, you know, I think I continually watched maybe the last like three seasons every week religiously. Right. And it was the first like show that was a big deal to me that was coming to an end. Like, I remember being a very little kid hearing about how big MASH was or how big Dallas was. But, like, I don't remember any of those shows, right? Like, that was, like, way before my time. Um, But this was the first big show that, like, I could experience, like, all the hype around, right? Like, it was a show I watched. It was a show that got a lot of publicity. I remember the uh, Entertainment Weekly magazine, like, right before the finale. Like, I had that magazine. Um, and I was, you know, super pumped, uh, about the finale, even though it wasn't that great, but it was just like, it was just a really, you know, cool experience for me. Um, and then I think like after the show ended, I just went into rerun mode and like all through college, I just like watched like episodes constantly anytime I could. And when I was in my first apartment, um, after college, uh, my roommates and I used to play a game. And we would turn on any, like, five or ten second clip of Seinfeld. And they would see if I could tell you what the entire episode was about. And I, like, would always win. I could always do that. Now, maybe not so much because it's been a minute. But, uh, yeah, I was I was obsessed at one point. I want to make fun of you being old. Um, yes, could, Dan. Uh, or, I'm older or than I wanted you. To, yes. Or I wanted to somehow know. bring up – Or I somehow wanted to bring up, you know, to see if you watched the finale with – at the Brookfield Zoo – um with uh what's her name but no i i that's i mean one of these days anna shlonsky is going to be on this podcast and then i hope so that's why i keep referencing it that's why i keep referencing it i want her to come on you guys are old pals you guys should reconnect come on no i mean that's that's interesting perspective i mean i so may as well i mean elephant in the room you brought up the finale already um what are your what, what did you think at the time of the finale and what do you think of it now um, 20 years later. I don't know. I, I, I know that, that we did a specific episode on, you know, worst families of all time. And I went into like a huge rant on, you know, why I didn't like it. So I'll kind of keep this short. Um, I just feel that they kind of copped out with the finale. They didn't need to bring in, you know, all the guests just kind of relive all those moments. Um, it was unnecessary. I feel like they could have added more to the story. I mean, there was, you know, the story of them, hey, we're making fun of this fat guy and you're going to go to jail. Like, that was such a small little, you know, random thing that they just, like, stretched out and just threw in all these unnecessary characters. And I just feel like they could have done a lot of other random shit to, you know, to finish to finish the series. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't great, in my opinion. Okay. So what do you think? I mean... When you look at a show like this, obviously it's nine seasons. 
Um, in my opinion, the early seasons one and two are are really rough, and I don't think they're that easy to watch compared to the later middle seasons and even the later seasons. Because I, I, you know, Steve had asked us before this to recommend some episodes, and I was going through, and a lot of my favorite episodes were in like seasons eight or nine. Um, so do you, how do you think this show, you know, fared? Um, well, I mean, I, I'm looking back. I think season four, you know, is really kind of where. I mean, you know, we'll talk about our favorite seasons, but season four is my favorite season for sure. Uh, and you know, we'll kind of break down some of those um, those episodes in a second. But I'm just kind of looking back at season one, which was only five episodes. And yeah, there really isn't anything great that stands out to me in season one. Um, you know, season two... You know, you've got the uh, the pony remark, like, you know, who expects an immigrant to own a pony? Um, you know, the jacket, uh, you know, the baby shower, the Chinese restaurant, uh, you know, so there's uh, <laughs> I'm just quoting from the show, Dan, and we'll actually get into we'll actually get we'll actually get into some of the subpar um comments that aren't necessarily politically correct but you know i'm just thinking of hey this is the episode what stood out from the episode and that's you know um so season you're right i agree with you dan season one and two you know definitely like it took a took a while to kind of ramp up and that's probably why it didn't become so popular um and like i said before i think too it was probably a little hard for people to get on board because you're not like hey uh watch this show with jerry seinfeld like you know was he that popular a household name before the show? Probably not, you know. Um, and you're, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like I'm trying to think of like something fu- like some funny. Well, the characters aren't endearing, too. It's not like it's not a show you watch and you root for the characters in a right. specific way. Right. Well, like, so, they're all terrible people. Oh, exactly. Oh, they're definitely terrible. So there's a couple things I got to say about that. Like, it's hard to explain to people because. It really is a show about nothing. I mean, you could say, like, uh, it's a comic and his friends and they do stuff. But, like, they don't really do anything crazy. They're doing very basic stuff, but they make it super interesting. You know, if you're talking about something like, you know, um, you know, Full House or something, like, you could describe that, right? Or you're talking about Brooklyn Nine-Nine or Cheers. Like, that's something you could describe and there's a story there. I just think of the episode where they're pitching the show and George is pitching it and he's like, what did you do today? What did you do today? Well, I, I woke up, I took a shower and I walked to work. There you go. That's a show. That's a show. Well, why are people watching it? Because it's on TV. Not yet. It's not like just that, that alone. Like how do you, even Jerry didn't understand it when George said that at first, it's a show about nothing. So it's a show about nothing. <laughs> like, so to kind of talk about that is, you know, yes, it's an interesting concept. That it's a show about, nothing yet so much right and i think part of what makes the show timeless and very it's very easy to rewatch is there isn't a storyline right there's no story arc between like will jerry and elaine get back together you know blah 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 i mean sure there's some stories like in the mix like george you know uh George getting engaged and things like that. And there are some reoccurring characters, but not really. And also there's specifically no growth and no learning of the characters. 
by design because if you ask Larry David and he's got some famous quote that says like no hugging no learning which basically means like he does not want any emotional shit with the characters and he does not want the characters to grow whatsoever and you know like you know Steve Dan said earlier these are not good people right these are selfish people like I'm rewatching episodes and I'm like god damn Elaine you're kind of a bitch like you're a straight up bitch to your friends but it's still watchable and lovable, you know, and you're not necessarily rooting for, you know, one outcome or another because you're emotionally attached to a character. You're kind of just rooting for what's going to be the funniest thing to happen. Like, you don't feel bad if, like, something goes bad for George, right? You're not like, oh, man, you know, like. No, and you're almost you're almost angry when something good happens, like. Because it's like, that's not what's supposed to happen to George. Like, I think of the episode, The Opposite, where he does the opposite of everything. He gets the job with the Yankees, gets the girl. I mean, I, I think the premise is hilarious, but at the same time, it's like, well, that's not George. Like, And he can only sustain that for one episode, though. Like, that's also what's hilarious about him. Yeah, and to, to your point, Chris, like, shows like this are why I built the Episode Ninja website. Like, it fits the format perfectly. Like, what I did to prepare, prepare for this podcast is I watched, like, the top 20 episodes in addition to a couple that you guys suggested that weren't in the list and it like there occasionally there's callbacks to to different episodes but usually they're like big enough episodes that even if i haven't seen them recently i knew what they were talking about so yeah like even you know shows like the office it's you can sort of watch single episodes but there are recurring plot lines that that tie in but yeah seinfeld there's almost zero you know it's it's hard to watch the office where you go from one episode where uh, Jim and Pam have a baby to, you know, a few seasons before. And what? Unless you're Dan, super fan. Agree to disagree. Um, or you can go to like, you know, a season where uh, Pam and um, what's his face are together. Roy. Roy. So, you know, and I think that's. Sure, Dan. Yes, you can. Of course, if you love a show and you've seen it so many no, times, I was gonna, I was gonna say about I was gonna say about Seinfeld. I mean, I agree with you guys. This is this is what the shuffle button was made for. Netflix, Hulu, everyone needs to get on this and add the shuffle option because this is the perfect show. Because like again, I always compare Seinfeld to Friends. I don't know why, just because they were on at the same time, whatever. But I always compare them. And like Friends, you can't really jump in. It's sort of like you're saying with The Office. I disagree with you, but if you watch it that way, that's fine. But when I watch like Friends, like you, you can't really just jump into that show in the middle of it. Seinfeld, you could literally watch any episode and not be lost because yeah, they may make a reference to something, but there's ten other references that are specific to that episode that you're watching, so you can get it. I think that's what helped me get into it too was the fact that you can just pick up on the episode whenever it's on, whatever episode's on, whatever seventeen channels it's on, you can just jump right in. Yeah, it's not going to be on, and you're like, ooh, what's going on? Who's Right, never. Who's with who, and who's working where? Because it doesn't matter. No, because Jerry's got a new girlfriend every episode. Kramer's got a new girl every episode, depending on what he's into. And when he's the ass man, it's a little different. Um, that's Ass man is the Fusilli Jerry episode, too, right? Uh, million to one shot, Doc. Million to one. <laughs> Fusilli, because you're silly. Um, so... You know, before we get into characters, episodes, stuff like that, uh, you know, going back, you know, I did watch a very specific episode, which I'm going to let Dan talk about in a second. But um, 
this was a very politically incorrect show at a lot of points. Um, and, you know, we've done shows that are pretty bad, like, um, you know, South Park or Always Sunny. And I just feel like their sexism, racism, whatever you want to call it, is way more comfortable watching than some of the remarks on Seinfeld. And um, I'm not even talking about the worst episode. I'm just talking about several episodes just that are classic episodes. And they're just making very, um, I don't know, just poor, poor remarks, poor taste. But obviously it's, you know, 20 years ago. So that was allowed on TV. You know, now everything's going to be PC friendly and, you know, appeal to the masses and things like that. So I'm actually surprised that Seinfeld is getting away with a lot more than they really should with some of these reruns. Now, in syndication, there's a lot of shows, a lot of episodes that are in syndication. Except for what, Dan? I'm giving you the floor to go tell us what is going on with the syndication. Um, well, before we even get into that, I just want to... I guess I was watching this documentary about Seinfeld and essentially like NBC... God damn, you watch a lot of documentaries. It came in what I downloaded. And... NBC pretty much let them get away with anything. I mean, you look at the contest episode, they let that go. But there were two episodes, I guess, that never made it to air. Um, one was called The Gun. And in the episode, Elaine puts a gun to her head and then references the Kennedy assassination. Um, that one never got to air. And then there's another one. Um, again, they get away with whatever they wanted, but except for there was one episode where George, his whole like storyline is, is based off of, you know, I've never seen a black person order a salad. And NBC was like an entire episode on masturbation, totally fine, but there will be no joking about the dietary habits of African Americans on the show. And the script was nixed, which is pretty interesting because it's that seems like a pretty light comment. Because you think back to other Seinfeld episodes where George um, befriends the exterminator to to make his boss think, you know, he calls his tells his boss or tells his boss that he looks like Sugar Ray. His boss is offended, and then he has to find a black friend. The entire episode is him just running around trying to find a black person that he knows. So, like, they've gone there, but I guess that was a little stretched too far. The contest actually was pretty tame compared to a lot of other th- stuff. I mean, oh, I for mean, sure. It, but if you it, really think about it, though, yes, it's an okay. episode about masturbation. It's a masturbation like that, contest, right? I don't even know if they say the word masturbation. No, they don't. In the episode, right? They don't. And they don't even use other. You know, uh, things like, oh, jerking off or choking the chicken or things like that. You know, it's really smart, smart about how they do it, you know, and it's also something that everybody does. It's interesting that you guys bring this up because I found this show to be much less abrasive than I was expecting. And I think it's for the reason you just said where they're smart and smooth about it. And I think a little bit of it, too, is I'm just desensitized now by Shows like It's Always Sunny and, and South Park. and But yeah, I mean, you know, you hear it's a show about nothing about terrible people. And it it was much less offensive. Because they're really not that terrible. I mean, they're, right. they're bad, but they're, not, they're just looking out for themselves. They're just narcissistic more than anything. Right. It's not like it's it's not the core of the show. It's a part of the show, but it's not the core of the show. Right. And, and back to Chris's wonderful setup there. Um, what he's referencing is the, the Puerto Rican day episode, which is in season nine. Um, that's the only episode of Seinfeld that's not in syndication currently. 
uh, because it's deemed too offensive. And actually, NBC came out and apologized for the episode uh, in 1998, which I couldn't read the whole article because it was New York Times and I don't have a subscription. But I could see the first paragraph and they and the headline and they apologized for for that episode. Um, I recently rewatched it. I, I think I think the main gripe with that episode is the burning of the Puerto Rican flag and, and Kramer stepping on it. Um, but it is a really funny episode, like overall. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a decent episode. I mean, I rewatched it this morning because I was like, I don't remember it being that horrible. And I'm like, oh, yes, he burnt a flag. But there's also uh, a line where Kramer's like, geez, feels like every Puerto Rican in the world is here. Not so good. And he's like speaking like really horrible like Spanish the entire time. Well, and and the scene where they're like shaking Jerry's car, they're looking out the window, and Jerry's like, "Oh my car!" And they look at Kramer, and he's like, "This, this is every day in Puerto Rico." Like, uh, like. So I can see it, but at the same time, like we meet Penny Pecker and Varnson and Vandalay are all together in the apartment, looking like who's looking after the sob factory there's so many great like moments in that episode too but i i guess i can understand in in today's culture why that wouldn't be acceptable and then just a pure example of everyone just being completely selfish elaine being like fuck you guys i need to go home and watch like 60 minutes so she just leaves the group uh you know george George versus the laser you know yeah george i need to go to this movie to go my uh say my one-liner and things like that so i was watching I was watching an episode um, called The Subway earlier, and basically, uh, you know, it's it's about all four of them, and they're going to different uh, um, events. Jerry's going to, like, pick up his car in Coney Island, and Kramer's going to pay tickets, and George is going for a job interview, and it's the episode where uh, George skips the interview to go, like, have sex with some woman who winds up robbing him, but he's got no money, so she's pissed. And then the guy gets the guy gets naked. Yeah, the guy gets naked on the subway, and him and Jerry become friends, and they hang out in Colony Island. And uh, Kramer actually gets a tip on a horse, and he goes to like the the track, and he wins a bunch of money uh, betting on this horse, uh, whose mother his mother was a mother, the father was a mother, and the mother was a mother. But um, uh, what was crazy is Elaine's going to a wedding. And it was, as they called it on the episode, a lesbian wedding. I mean, who's who's the bride and groom in that situation? You just flip a coin? Like, I'm I'm trying to be PC. I don't know. Uh, but what was really bad was Elaine is talking to some woman on the train. And she's like, oh, you're going to a wedding. I didn't think people had weddings anymore. And she's like, yep, yep, going to a wedding. And uh, Elaine's like, yeah, it's a lesbian wedding. I'm I'm the, the best man. And the woman literally like takes two steps backwards and it's like, oh my God, like I just cannot believe I am on a train with the best man of a lesbian wedding and like just walks away. I was like, that would not fly now. And like, I'm, I'm surprised that like they still like air that. Yeah. And I, 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 to your point too, there's another episode in the earlier seasons where George Rufus is boss, like to try to get his job back somehow. And he's going to slip him a Jimmy like they do in the movies. Like that, it would be a very sensitive, even though it's a guy doing that to another guy, it's still, that would be a sensitive subject today. Like, well, 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 uh, Jerry roofied that girl he was dating so he could play with her toys. Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't roofie her. He just gave her turkey and wine. 
Well, and... he wanted her to go to sleep. And play. <laughs> no, he he literally like at the beginning he gave her like Tylenol PM. Sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. But he didn't do it. He just played with her toys. Like, well, I mean, we should clarify. Like, she had like action figures and real toys. Right. This is what well, toys what means mean. in this scenario. GI Joe with a frog suit. Right. Um, one interesting thing about Seinfeld. Before we kind of dig deeper into you know specific episodes and characters, um, did you know that you either see or they make a reference to Superman in every episode of Seinfeld? I think I heard that. So it's always in the background in Jerry's apartment. There's always uh, you know a Superman figurine um, or doll or action figure, and but they also reference it all the time. It's like Jerry's all time favorite superhero. I always found that interesting because it's something. Once you once you hear about it, you just kind of note it. I I always look for it when I'm watching those episodes. Should we get into characters? Oh wait, there was something else though. Uh, did you know Larry David left the show after the seventh season? I did not know that. But didn't he co- didn't he co-wrote the finale? Finale, yeah. But he left as a producer and a writer after the seventh season because he wanted to go do plays and movies, which. I don't think he really ever. I mean, I think he did, but nothing that ever really blew up. But then, yeah, he came back for the finale. But he was, which I, I find interesting because some of my favorite episodes are seasons eight and nine. So it's just interesting because it was probably my guess, and I don't know this for a fact, would be that the writers that were underneath Larry finally got a chance to to do their own thing after they learned from Larry for seven or eight years or whatever. You know, how many people have stayed that long? But they finally got to do their own thing, and I. I I really enjoyed those those last couple seasons. I think this. Do you think that? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I think you kind of alluded to this earlier, Dan. But I I was kind of surprised, like, because I knew I knew the finale was controversial, and but I was surprised by how many like season eight and nine episodes were very very highly. Ranked. Yeah, and it's interesting looking at episode ninja because season nine is the sixth best season. Season seven is the no. Season eight is the seventh best. So. Guess they don't really feel the same way. Although they, it does rank season one as the worst eps, worst season, and season two is the second worst. So there are some interesting pictures here on Episode Ninja when it comes to the the seasons. I got a I got a mermaid for season six. Um, yeah, <laughs> might want to talk to somebody about that. <laughs> All right. So what about characters? Let's start with characters we don't like. We always start with characters we love. Let's start with the characters in Seinfeld we don't like. Because I feel like there aren't that many, but there are definitely some. I hate uh, Jerry's parents. Oh, God damn it! I was going to say Jerry's dad. I don't mind his mom. Oh, I hate his mom. Uh, I find her funny. How she, like, babies him. And I, I enjoy I enjoy. She's like mom. the mom from Elf or some shit. I, I fucking can't stand her. Okay. Any, any... And then, like, his dad, how he's, like... My wallet! My wallet! (laughs) He's such a cheap motherfucker. And the episode where they go down, the astronaut pen episode, and, you know, they go down to, you know, Boca Vista, whatever, uh, Del Boca Vista, and I just, I just hate, hate them. Just piss me the fuck off. I like the one where Jerry bounces a check. Uh, I think that's the one where Kramer starts doing chicken fightings with chicken fights with little jerry little jerry yeah and uh and his mom calls and she's like jerry you need money i'm sending you a check for 40 dollars <laughs> you're not sending me a check mom 
I like their relationship. I think it's funny. They get mad at him when he makes out with his girlfriend at uh, uh, what movie is that? Schindler's List. <laughs> I I enjoy his mom. Any other characters you don't particularly like? Susan. R. R. I. P. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, she's dead, or the character. Uh, no, she's still alive, but her character dies because she my like, poisonous stamps. My least favorite character, I was going to say Jerry's dad, but since I was taken, I will stay with the family and go with Uncle Leo. Uh, I just don't get it. I, I don't. I didn't have an uncle like him. I'm sure it's relatable to some people, but like the episode where he just steals shit because he's old and he can, and then Jerry tells on him. Like I, I I've just never Jerry. Hello, like. I don't know. I just uh, I don't I don't like his whole any of his you know moments really. Nothing stands out to me. Conversely, since you don't like Jerry's parents, do you like George's parents? Oh, they're the best. <laughs> I had Frank Costanza as one of my favorites. They are the best. Um, and I was going through the list of like who's still alive, and they're they you know. Uh, a lot of them are still alive from like, and they were like born in the twenties and shit. Like, good for them. Long, long, healthy lives for them. Yeah, Jerry um, Stiller's old as fuck. Yeah, I don't think he he's is. acting anymore. I loved him. I just want to throw a shout out because we always we sometimes talk about other things that are in. I love Jerry Stiller in King of Queens. He basically plays Frank Costanza. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. He's the exact same character, and I love it. And I absolutely love it. Okay, what about characters you guys love? So let's first start off by picking our favorite of the of the four, and then we can go from there. All right, lead us off. Easily, George Costanza. Easily, without hesitation. Why? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Like, he just he has like the most. I mean, I know that Kramer is is weird and bizarre and he has a bunch of like unique stuff going on but like i feel like jerry's kind of boring i mean once in a while jerry will get in like a unique situation and he will offer like some funny bits but like to the most for the most part he's kind of the straight man you know what i mean like you know he's got a stable job and he dates regularly and he's not a moron like kramer um has a stable job he's a, he's a comedian i mean what are you his mom you gonna send him 40 dollar check He's got money. He bought them a Cadillac. True. Um, Which they sold to give him the money back. <laughs> um, but uh, George just is just like so George. You know what I mean? I think he's relatable. You know, he's, yeah, he's relatable. Um, you know, I can just kind of see myself, like a lot of myself in George. Um well, let's also, I mean, you also love Larry David, so, and he is essentially playing. And, yeah. And, 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 and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I just I just mean, like, I think that makes a lot of sense why George would be your favorite. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that I don't, like, I dislike any of the main characters, because I don't. It's my favorite show of all time. You know, I could watch it over and over again. I, I love Kramer. I love Elaine. Um, but, you know, Jerry's great. George is my favorite. You know, there's tons of scenes I can recall with Jerry that are hilarious. Same thing with the others. But, like, to me, like, the person that, like, I would just say, all right, I want to watch their clips. If I could watch anyone's clips, their highlights, and I can only choose one highlight reel, I'm going to pick George's highlight reel. 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at it that way, I, I agree. But if if we're talking highlights, Kramer's up there too. I mean, Kramer has some of the funniest moments in the show, and the, and his physical comedy is just so different than anything else. Because I know he relies on that a lot. Um, but it's one of those things where like. And it's especially true of this show. I cannot imagine any other actors or actresses doing these roles. Like, they, they did it so perfectly. Every single one of them is so perfect that it's like, it's it's hard to hate anyone in the main cast. I certainly don't. Like, everyone we mentioned in characters. There's no wrong answer. Right. And in and, and characters we mentioned we didn't like, none of them were the main cast. Like, and that's different with the show. Like, there are definitely shows I watch where I, like, cannot stand one of the main characters like andy bernard from the office you know like yeah yeah let's andy yeah he's definitely one of my least favorites okay we don't need to start this right now we <laughs> tune in for part two of the office eventually because it's gonna happen what about what about you steve what do you got in terms of favorite characters yeah i was actually gonna say george as well and i i think you guys nailed it like he's the most relatable like always getting into shenanigans at his office job where it's like okay it's hard to relate to to jerry as like this like playboy comedian type and i i like too that it would have been really easy to fall into making george a one-dimensional character where it's like okay he's the short fat bald guy and that's like his character right like and they they there are elements of that but like he's still going out there like dating all these beautiful women and stuff like that um and you know getting into to weird situations just like everybody else i just want to make uh, a comment that george dates all these women that are completely out of his league i don't even know i don't even know if jason alexander in real life with all his money could get the level of women that he dated on seinfeld speaking speaking of uh dating and women on um seinfeld i just want to touch on an interesting subject about how jerry seinfeld and i mean jerry in real life um he liked his women a little younger do you guys are you guys familiar with this story um how he was dating like a 17 year old when he was doing the show yeah yeah uh, do we really want to make a an enemy of a billionaire on this podcast? Well, nine hundred fifty million, um, so not quite. But and I'm not the I'm I'm not the first one to say this, right? I'm not the first one to say this. It's it's you know public knowledge. And his response was, uh, I think he was dating someone named like Shoshana or something. And he's like, you know what? That's age is not who she is. She's smart, and she's clever, and she's bright she's charming age is not who she is and they didn't wind up together but he did marry someone who was like 20 years younger than him they're still married though so good for them she writes cookbooks but back on track to okay so let's talk about let's talk about michael richard's rant let's just jump into that now (laughs) what did you think of it I, I do want to mention that. Uh, did you guys know that uh, Rosie O'Donnell was up for the part of Elaine? I actually, I actually did know that. That would have been a disaster. Yes, I agree. Um, so minor characters that we like. Can I talk about one I hate? Sure. Banya. 
I can't stand Banya. He's the, he's the worst. I do like the episode where suit's not a dinner. Jerry. I do like the episode where he buys Kramer's suit off him, and that when he gets Uma Thurman's or when Kramer gets Uma Thurman's number, and he he sells him the suit, and then he's in the dressing room, like you know, in his boxers or whatever, and Jerry serendipitously shows up, and he is like, "So what? So you got the money? What was the plan after?" Why well, I, I didn't really think that far ahead, Jerry. <laughs> it's just such a ridiculous premise, but it's very Kramer. Um, but yeah, Banya sucks. I can't stand Banya. I'm huge. <laughs> this is this is more of a comment than a choice. But I did not realize how many episodes of this show Brian Cranston was in. He is in quite a few. Like, and I thought, and I don't know, maybe this was just because of the sample of episodes I watched. But he was in more of the episodes than Newman was, and I remember Newman being a much bigger character than he apparently wow. is. I don't know. Maybe he was just more memorable to me, you know, 20 years ago when I saw it. He was. Yeah, in, I mean, there are. I don't know how many episodes he's in. Three years at least. I, yeah, I don't, it would be interesting. He said he. I remember seeing an interview with him, though, where he. Because he was on um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And he's like, being on that show taught him so much. Being on Seinfeld in the early 90s or mid 90s, like, really taught him a lot about acting. Like, he learned so much from that experience. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I just looked it up. Cranston was only in five episodes, so I must have just happened to watch a bunch of those. Weird. Really? That's Tim it. Wally. That doesn't sound right. Oh, you know what? Uh, you know what? Car- I love. I love Izzy Mandelbaum. I don't think it lists all their episodes underneath. He was. Uh, he was the old guy that kept challenging Jerry to stuff. Oh, you think you're better than me? And then his son, his sons would come in, and they're like, uh, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> all forty years older than Jerry, and they're like, I'll lift this TV up right over my head. Oh, it's bolted down. Oh, my back. Ah, you're going. Oh, so many good ones. Oh, I almost forgot. Lloyd Braun is probably uh, my favorite minor. Jerry character, picks up the whole thing just because easy. of the scene where um, he like gets released from like the mental institute. And so, like, no one's supposed to mention uh, that he's got, like, issues. And Jerry has to wear these big, thick, fake glasses. And they go to, like, Chinatown. And Jerry can't see anything. And he can't tell Lloyd that those aren't his glasses because that would make him seem crazy. So he gives Lloyd money to go get special Chinese gum. And it was actually a $100 bill. And Lloyd comes back with a bunch of boxes and gives the gum to Jerry. And he's like... Am I crazy or is that a lot of gum? And Jerry's just like, no, that's a lot of gum. And like, I just like, every time I see like a massive amount of gum, I say that. I feel like there's so many like very specific instances that happen in Seinfeld. And like, I just get triggered to like relive that. Like if there's gum, I'm like, hmm, that's a lot of gum, you know, like. When I think of that episode, I just think of them sitting around and they're all chewing gum. And Kramer's just like, hey, just a couple of guys sitting around chewing gum. What could be better? <laughs> you know, or, you know, every time I see like, you know, a bowl of pretzels at a party, you know, I'll be like, hmm, these pretzels are making me thirsty. You know, like just specific things like that. Like if I go to a pool, like, am I going to make a comment about shrinkage? You bet I am. Like just that's what Seinfeld does to me. Seinfeld moments is a big thing, too. I mean, that became a cultural phenomenon. Anytime something awkward or weird, oh, that's a Seinfeld moment. There's actually a Twitter account. I don't think it's really active anymore, but it used to be. It was called, like, Seinfeld Today, and it would put, you know, in 140 characters, because that's what it was at the time, 
it would like write out what an entire premise of an, a Seinfeld episode would be today. Like George matches with someone on Tinder and they unmatch with him after he says something stupid. So he finds, you know, he spends the entire episode trying to track the person down to, to redo it or something like that. And I always found it really funny because I think Seinfeld could 1000% come back today and not skip a beat. I, I truly believe that. I agree. There was also something on Reddit where I saw someone wrote a a post 9-11 Seinfeld episode. And it was hilarious. I don't remember the details. I'll have to look it up. We'll do a part two. But it was on what point. What a tease. Um, so now that we talk about characters, um, to talk about favorite episodes. You guys, you guys start. I'll, I'll start. My my favorite episode is a season nine episode. Season nine, episode ten. It's actually number twenty nine on the episode ninja list, and it's the strike. Um, in this episode, we find out why Kramer hasn't been working all these years. It's because he's been on strike from H and H Bagels, and he finally goes back to work because they're paying like seven seventy five an hour, which is what he wanted nine years ago, um, which just happens to be the new minimum wage. Um, but he goes back and, and, and all the shenanigans that happen there. We also learn about Festivus for the first time. Um, we also see George give out presents to the human fund, people helping people. Um, that's his gift. And then also have the moment of Jerry dating a woman who looks very different depending on the light or the shade, you know, whatever the situation is, she looks completely different. Um, so I don't know. There's the Festivus is really what, what, makes this episode for me because a Frank is involved and B I just, they bring back like recordings of him and, and um, George when they were doing feats of strength when they're younger and you hear young George and young Frank arguing over things. And then by the end of the episode, you know, he's doing feats of strength again. And I don't know every, I think it's because Festivus is the 23rd, right? It's the day before Christmas Eve. Um, so I don't know. It's just something that comes up every year, whether it's on social media or whatever. It's always referenced on that day by one person or another. Um, and I just I, I just love every moment of that episode. little surprised it's ranked so low on Episode Ninja. But again, it's Seinfeld, so there's so many good episodes. Yeah, I mean, if you had to pick episodes that like remained in the public zeitgeist, it would be, you know, that would be one of the top five for sure. Definitely. What do you think? Steve, any highlights for you? I mean, uh, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna have to go with the soup Nazi, right? Like, it's it's hard not to like the soup Nazi. Um, yeah, you know, it's a good demonstration of the structure of this show, where it's like, it. I wouldn't say the ending was a twist ending, but it's like they just tie everything so perfectly together, where it's like, oh, the armoire ends up being the soup Nazi's armoire, and and uh, the Elaine's evil comes out. Yeah, she. I think she threatens to post the recipes on the internet, which was pretty, pretty new at the time. So that would have been interesting, because they don't really reference technology too much in the show. I mean, it's interesting because you see Jerry has like a MacBook or a Mac in the background. Uh, you see him go from a corded phone to a wireless phone, but they don't really get into like cell phones or anything like that because it kind of ended before that time or the internet. Which just makes it a little more interesting. All right, Chris. What's uh you're the Seinfeld expert, so I just don't know if I can pick my favorite episode. It's really hard. Um you know, I'm going to kind of just think through this. 
because we're going to talk about episodes anyway. Um, so why not? Obviously, the Soup Nazi is a classic. It's so well written. Um, and I'm a big fan of soup. Uh, so to agree with... It's got to be the right weather for soup. You, you can't have, have soup on a hot day. Dan. You... I've never had gazpacho well, and I never will. Tomato soup served ice it's, cold. It's delicious. Oh, that's just ketchup. No, it's not, Dan. Um, I mean, I, mean uh, I, I do like the contest, although I think that it is slightly slightly overrated in terms of like, oh, everyone's like, oh, this is like the best, right? Because I feel like there are some really, really good episodes that could hold its weight. Like um, the Junior Mint episode is extremely good. The outing is really good. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Um, the Bubble Boy episode. Um, moops! It's Moors, you idiot. Um, I mean, there's uh, there's just so many. Like, I'll probably say the Soup Nazi because that's probably my go-to, but like by a very very small margin. I mean, like you know the the gum episode, like I mentioned a few moments ago, that was really good. Your episode, Dan, like that's up there too. You know the Festivus episode. Like, there's just so many fucking good episodes, and this is why it's my you know Fusilli Jerry. Um, that's number thirty. On episode ninja, a few silly jerks. It's, I mean, but you know, like it's 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 hard because you've got so many good, you know, episodes. You know, like I don't know what episode it is, but like, um, there's a moment where Jerry and Elaine go to run a car, and he reserved it, and it's gone, and he's like, "What do you mean you don't have my car? Like I made a reservation," and she's like, "Yeah, I know, but we, we uh." Uh, ran out of cars. She's like, do you know how a reservation works? She's like, yes, I do. I don't think you do. Because if you did, I would have my car. You know how to take reservations. You just don't know how to keep them. Um, oh, uh, the opposite is really close to um, Summer of George. Like, I'm just going down the list and just getting so excited, like, just remembering all the details, like, of all these do you need a middle alone? I might, and I won't be master of my domain okay. anymore. But uh, <laughs> this. Speaking of which, the the mango is a great episode. Speaking of that not working, um, this thing's like a B twelve shot. <laughs> Bizarro Jerry, great episode when he dates the woman with huge hands, and then you know Elaine finds a whole crew that eats at the Reggie's diner down the street where they don't have big salads um but it's everything's just a little bit different than real life which the whole episode is a is a superman reference by the way in case you didn't didn't get that i'm a huge nerd of course i got it oh i watched the cigar store indian episode Mm. a little while ago speaking of offensive episodes that one that one is super offensive (laughs) in a lot of ways when Kramer drives by in the in the cab with his head out the window doing the yeah, that one I should have said the cigar store Native American. I'm sorry to any millennial listeners out there. So what do you guys think of some of the episodes? And Steve, you might have not seen these specific ones, but the episodes where they're confined to a very specific location. So kind of like the subway episode, the um the garage. garage. Um 
I think the airport. I like them. Like those. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think of those episodes, but then I think to the the betrayal episode too, which is season nine, episode eight, where they do the entire episode backwards when they go to India. Um, I mean, they're confined to one space, but it's. It, I mean, you could tell like when they get into season nine and they start doing stuff like that. Like I sort of noticed that with Sunny, they started doing more creative things as as the longer they go because they're probably bored with it or whatever the situation is. But I don't know. I re I rewatched that episode recently and it's, I, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, what the fuck? Why would it skip back to the end? Like, so I kept rewinding to go back because it starts with the ending. And it was just very confusing at the time when I watched it the first time, but I've grown to really like it. I, I it, they kind of took a risk and I, I enjoy that episode, even though it's number 36 on the episode Ninja Ring. One of my favorite moments watching this show is in that, that backwards episode and jerry opens the drawer in his kitchen he's like why is this drawer full of cereal and then it goes jumps to 30 minutes earlier and kramer dumps his like bowl of cereal and milk on the counter and just like scoots <laughs> it all into the drawer just bails yeah. <laughs> that's the physical comedy with kramer <laughs> it's just so like um shoot what episode was i just watching oh um the the opera where we see joe davola you know, and he's the he, crazy Joe Davola, but you know Jerry's like afraid of Joe Davola, so he's locking his door, and Kramer doesn't isn't aware that he's locking his door, so he comes in like he does every time, and wham, he just knocks into the door. What the hell? Why is it locked? Or uh, I don't remember the specific episode, but it's the episode where um, uh, Kramer gets like skinny jeans, and he can't he can't bend his legs. And him and Mickey, he has to go, like, help Mickey do an audition. And, like, he can't sit down. And uh, he just winds up, like, falling backwards on the chair. And then he had he had to go he had to go babysit the uh, neighbor's kid. And he couldn't, every time he walked, it was like Frankenstein. <laughs> um, another one I love is the chicken roaster, where the Kenny Rogers roaster goes across the street with the light and... Jerry essentially turns into Kramer when he moves into Kramer's apartment, opens the door just like him, and he's I'm freaking out. <laughs> Even does the hand movements and everything. There, there, it's just crazy. There's so many good episodes in this show. It's crazy that there's been so many um, like guest stars, and not like a guest star is in like a. I guess I shouldn't call him guest star because guest star is really like a established star that guests on a show, but like kind of like a you know, these minor roles of these people that wind up having huge careers. And to some extent, they'd have bigger careers than the main characters. You know what I mean? Like we mentioned Courtney, Courtney Cox, Cox, Brian Cranston. John Lovitz. Um, uh, what's Grace from Will and Grace? You know, Tori Hatch. What about uh... the guy from the... Michael Triplett was on the show. The Desperate Housewives. Jeremy Piven. Who's the Desperate Housewives lady? They're That's real and they're incredible. Yeah. Tori Hatcher, yeah. Did you mention Two her? Two seconds ago, yes. <laughs> it's, I'm I'm trying to think of the name Tori Hatcher. Terry, oh, Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. Well, then that's why you didn't hear her yeah. name because I said it wrong. Denise Richards was on the show. Oh, yeah. Peter Dinklage was on the show? Was he? I, I mean, there. I mean, Mickey what IMDb was is saying. Uh, Kramer's friend. I mean, are you assuming all midgets look like? Because that's no. It literally says, "Oh, Peter Dinklage is the wake-up guy that calls Elaine." 
to wake her up. He's he's like the phone service person. He was the voice of James, the wake up call guy. I never knew that. That's interesting. Uh, probably, probably one of the better roles he's had in his career. I can't think of anything else he's done. Um, Jeremy Piven as a as a balding George too was <laughs> was pretty interesting. I know you mentioned him already, but I just thought that was funny. Bette Midler. Every time I'm on Twitter, I I look at like the trending section when I'm on my phone, and it for whatever reason under actresses and actors actors and actresses, she's always the first person I always see. And every time, and I'm going to pull a page out of Chris's book. I, I think of the scene where they go to her play Rochelle Rochelle and um and Elaine brings the the ladies who do her nails and they're Betta Midla. I just always think of that scene. I, I, every time I read her name, I read it like that because of Seinfeld. Marissa Tomei, another good one too. Raquel Welch. Yeah, a lot of good. I mean, I think at a point it became so popular that people wanted to be a part of the show. Well, at one point they were auctioning off the extra spots to sit in a booth in Monks to charity. So if you wanted to be an extra and sit in a booth in Monks, right, in the background, so you're not really in the show. I thought you meant like another TV show called Monks. Monks. It it didn't connect it. I get it now. um, Yeah, it's just... It's just a crazy, crazy show. Um, so you, you, said, you mentioned this is probably one of your favorites of all time. I'm interested to see what your uh, what your rating would be. Um, nine point eight. Mm-hmm. That's high. Mm-hmm. That is high. Care to talk anymore I mean, about it? Or you you know, gonna... I don't want to. You know, I don't. You know, I don't want to uh, beat a dead horse. But like I said, like to me, the the characters just have so much to give in terms of the story how interesting the stories are and like they're not doing anything crazy right it's like hey like george is parking cars or george is looking for a job or you know jerry meets a girl and she has big hands or elaine's got to go pick up some golf clubs at an auction for her boss like everything that could be so basic but they make it so fucking funny right and just like their interaction with like all these other characters, it's just, it's great. It's a show that I can just like watch over and over again. Even if it's, just, even if it's an episode, I've seen like a hundred fucking times and I can almost like, you know, recite it word for word. Like I just love watching it and it just, it's just something like, it's really like a comfort food, but a TV show. It is. That's how exactly. the office is for me. I, get, I totally get exactly. that. I totally get that. What about you, Steve? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen enough to, you know, I understand the statistics, right? Like, it's it's consistently good. It's, you know, that's really all, all you need to say. Consistently amazing might be a better way to put it. So I'm going to go 9.3. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in the nine range too. I'm going to go 9.1. Um, I do, I, I, I honestly, I feel the same way you feel, Chris. This is one I can throw on at any point. Like I said, I love, um, I own all the DVDs. I, I loved it. Um, pretty much, you know, ever since I started watching it consistently. And again, it's one of those things where I, I don't really flip through the channels too much anymore. Um, because you know, I'm a cord cutter, but I do have the basic channels through an antenna and anytime I see Seinfeld on, I'll, I'll just stop and, and give it a watch. So, um, 
9.1, solid show, great show. It's it's one really everybody should give a chance at some point because you will relate to something when you watch the show. No matter what, there will be a moment where it's like, oh, shit, I thought of that before. Or, you know, you've done this or you've done that. You can always put yourselves um, in the shoes of these characters, and I think that's one of its one of its best qualities. And from a ranking standpoint on, on episode.ninja, like, this is really... You know, there's been shows where I'm like, I, I get on board with these, right? Like, I know that South Park had really um, strong ratings in terms of, like, what I thought should be there. But I can't really argue with anything in the top five on Episode Ninja. You know, the Contest 1, Supernachi 2, don't have any issue with that. Problem with that. 4, The Outing, 5, Marine Biologist. Like, that is a solid 5. Would I have swapped 1 or 2? Sure, but that's a personal preference, right? Maybe I would have swapped the outing with the Junior Mint episode, um, maybe. But, like, it's it's a real solid five. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's really just such a small personal preference because there's so many fucking good episodes. Even if you look at a list and it's like, Hey, we're ranking the episodes in order from like whatever, one seventy something to one, right? Even if you're looking at the ones that are like one sixty nine, it's still a funny episode, right? Like the Puerto Rican Day episode, which like usually winds up like on the end of the list because like I guess if people don't put it on the bottom of the list, you're racist. Like Dan said, there were still funny fucking moments in that episode. Right? Like, it is just a fucking funny show. Like, I'm looking at some list on Vulture, and it's got, um, you know, it's got the outing at 168, which is ridiculous. Fuck you, Vulture. But um, the jacket, the tape, the deal, the Chinese woman, like, the, the mango at 162, like, the muffin tops, these are all the gum at 159 bullshit that's some bullshit there but uh there's so many good episodes that like even if you picked episodes that like aren't in the top 25 you're still going to get good content it's still going to be fucking funny and it's still going to be rewatchable yeah and, and to your point chris it's it's interesting to scroll like all the way down through the ratings and the the spread of the point ratings is so small like if you go from the number six episode to the number hundred episode the difference in score is less than three tenths of a point like it's just such a huge library of good episodes and also and obviously we're affiliated with episode.ninja but as like a diehard seinfeld fan i'm gonna honestly say I think if you're looking for a list with really accurate ratings for this show specifically, because we're honest about how we feel about all the ratings on, on the website, this is the most accurate. Because I looked at several other best episodes of Seinfeld, and I feel like those other lists were kind of fucking bullshit. Now, maybe they were, maybe they were bullshit because people want to go contrarian and be like, oh, we didn't put the Soup Nazi number one. Soup Nazi's 33 on our list. And they pick some random fucking episode because they want to be cool. But if you're actually looking for the best episodes, fucking episode.ninja has the best list, in my opinion, Hoochie Mama. And, and to your point, 
and to your point, we usually shit on the episode ninja list. So, yeah, I, I agree. This is this is a solid top, probably one hundred. Shit, I mean, I didn't go all the way down the list because I didn't really have the time. But if you're looking for a show way to just jump into a show, awesome way to do it. Yeah, we I think we disagree with the ratings more often than we agree with them for sure. Now, before we go in any sort of trivia. We didn't even, I mean, we did touch on a little bit of quotes, but not really. We might, you guys want to save the quotes for part two? Because, I mean, I'm just looking at even like the, even the top 20 uh, episodes here. Like we never even talked about the Keith Hernandez, uh, Kennedy assassination reference, the puffy shirt. I mean, like, honestly, like there's so much content like that. (laughs) there's so much content on here um that you know we just we're gonna have to save you know these episodes to talk about for a a, a part two yeah and i i'm i'm really enjoying this show i've i've kind of hinted at that i guess by my rating i gave but i'm gonna continue watching more of it for sure so we'll do a a part two when steve sees all of it oh (laughs) jeez at least another 50 or so um oh bizarro jerry is the manhand episode interesting i'm just reiterating i didn't i, said that. I didn't uh, you must, you obviously must not have been listening. i don't listen to you a lot you must we not have been listening that. so yeah let's get into some trivia that's why we do this people so actually this one was harder to do trivia for because as you guys were saying it's a show about nothing and like it was harder to find questions that were like overarching, like long themes of the show. It was very like in what episode did blah blah blah. So, first question: Elaine travels abroad to have her boss Jay Peterman approve an expense. Where does she find him? Obscure. This episode, uh, believe the. The guy buys an $8,000 hat. George needs to see the hat and he wears it. Oh, is this the chicken roasters episode? No. This sounds familiar. All right, you want to go first? Steve? Uh, I don't know. I guess Bermuda. That's incorrect. Chris? I don't know. Mexico? (laughs) No. And Dan? It is the Chicken Roaster episode, and it's Myanmar, aka Burma. That's correct. I I literally Dan. I literally watched that episode right before this podcast, and I I stopped like halfway through, so I didn't see this part. It'll always be Burma to me. I thought that was a bad question, Dan. I'm glad you got that one. All right. So next question. While waiting for a table at a Chinese restaurant, Jerry dares Elaine to eat. Which food off a stranger's plate? Chris, you want to go first this time? Hey, girl. And that's correct. Steve? Uh, I said the Kung Pao. <laughs> Incorrect. And Dan? I also said egg roll. Correct. And for a bonus point, how much does Jerry offer Elaine? 50 bucks. Yes. If you knew it, honor system... <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that honor system. <laughs> I'm not going to give a point for that. <laughs> okay. Um, so in the pilot, 
What was Kramer's name? Wait, in in the pilot of the show or in the pilot of the show within the show? Like, are we talking about are we talking about Kramer's character in the show Jerry or Kramer's first episode name? I believe it was the actual pilot of the show. Like Kramer had a different name. What was his name? I believe that's my understanding, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I get these questions from well, the internet. I think I know his name in the pilot in the, the within the show. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's the question. And I'm there are wrong. two different answers, right? Does he have a different name in the original pilot? He does have a different name in the original pilot. Well, well, then how? Who's mm. to say? Which answer? Mm. I guess a point for each. I don't know. I got it. Yeah, I, I think it's. It. I, I think it's. The, I remember it. Too. How, how about we do both? Like the. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Who wants to go first? Dan, you haven't went first yet. Uh, and the pilot, his name is Kessler. That is correct. That. I also have Kessler. Steve. Should have known that. His name in the show within the show is Kramer, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the no, the only reason I know that is because in the finale, they're like, we love the that Kramer guy in the show, so his name has to be Kramer, right? I don't know. I regardless, I did not, I did not get Kessler. Well, for the most, no, he started as Kessler. They refer to him as Kessler. And Elaine wasn't even in the fucking pilot to begin with. Um, and then I guess at some point he just becomes Kramer. First name Cosmo, which is revealed later. When he finds his so mom. It's, it says Larry Larry Hankin as Tom Popper. And in parentheses it says Kramer. So I think I think it was Kramer in the No, I, I didn't get it right, so that's all good. Elaine had a roommate in the first few seasons of the show. What was her name? Really? I could tell you Elaine's sister's name. This chick dates Kramer, doesn't she? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, Dan. Oh, I do not know what this bitch is. Steve, you want to go first? I, rem- I remember the apartment. <laughs> I could actually draw out what the apartment looks like, but I cannot remember her name. Steve? I have no idea. Dan? Tina. Yes. And Chris. I, I Carol, obviously. I just guessing it's not Tina. Uh, from what I said. Damn, Dan. That's pretty good. <laughs> that is pretty fucking good. I could see her face. Like, once I can get their face in my head, I can pretty much get there. I can just see the red hair, and I just always think of Kramer dancing around their apartment to the, like, African music, and he makes the coffee table out of glass that's invisible. That's right. All right. Final question. As a callback to the pilot, Jerry and George's concluding conversation in the finale focuses on the placement of which crucial men's shirt button. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Uh, is it the second button? That is correct. Yes, I just wa- I just watched that one. <laughs> yes. Dan. Steve's on the board. And Chris. Second button. Got it. Second button. All right. Steve got one point. Chris got three. And you got I all five. Got five. For fuck's sake. Dan's brain scares me. 
Damn. I don't know if to take that as a good thing or a bad thing. What's the what's what's Elaine's sister's name? Do you? I don't know. Uh, that one. Through hundreds of questions. Do you guys know? I'm just curious more because I noticed this and I'm like I'm gonna remember this in case it's in trivia. What's Jerry's uh, apartment number? Four B. Dan. Yeah, I don't. Um, I think four B is right. Five A. Damn it. Um, her sister name. Her sister's name is Gail. So. That's what I just said. No, you didn't. I, I said Gail. What's okay. her What's her dad's name? Um. And what's he do? He's what's his an name? author. Mm, Something bad. Alton. Right, my alt question was, um, what is Jerry Seinfeld's real first name? Gerald. I know. Isn't it, it Gerald? Nope. What? Jerome. Uh, no, it should have been that. Damn. Could have knocked <laughs> out Dan back one boy. You never know. I thought that one was too easy. Well, Dan, why are we not going to Seinfeld Trivia and winning money? I could. <laughs> Dan, you should start hustling. I, I, could much go to, <laughs> I could pretty much go to every show we've done so far since how much I've Dude, dominated. I saw but. one downtown. I was going to take a photo of it and post it on Slack. It was like uh, Always Sunny. Did I? Yeah, yeah. It was some like show we talked about on the show. And it was like a multi-week of multi -week long trivia series. I went to I went to the office and I fucking downloaded it. <laughs> so. No, no. It was Arrested Development. I would go to the office that's and downloaded it. That's what I said, yeah. Okay, that's uh, that's Seinfeld. Check out the part two eventually when we talk about every quote ever. See ya.